the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program is sponsored by Right Makes Might. The intersection of our faith and the world is a battlefield strewn with debris of a fallen world. It challenges even the hardiest souls. And yet, this intersection is the context of our faith. As courageous Christian warriors, we must navigate this difficult terrain in our personal walk and as we seek to bring Christ to those who are lost and struggling. And step into As a colonel in the Marine Corps Reserves with numerous combat deployments, Richard Mendelow has walked dangerous ground in peacetime and in war. Join us for the next 30 minutes as he and his guests shed light on this critical intersection on spiritual combat and on the rules of engagement for courageous Christianity. And here's your host, Richard Mendelow. Friends, welcome. It's an amazing Saturday to talk about Courageous Christianity and the opportunity that we have in Jesus to shine a loving light on those around us. When I say Courageous Christianity, I'm talking not just about the preparations that we make in our personal relationship with God, but also stepping in to the dangerous ground where our faith meets the secular world, and we have an opportunity to teach to love, to grow, and to speak the truth, God's truth. As always, I'm joined by my fantastic wingman, Christy Stratton. Good morning, Richard. Good morning, Christy. I like, I like fantastic. fantastic. Fantastic is, is good. good. <laughs> and did you notice everything has begun with an F? I, I did. Fabulous I'm like, last so week. Fabu- Where, when are you, are you going to run out? Of- I'm just amusing myself <laughs> over here. Uh, I'm excited to talk uh, today about our continuing devotional series in my book, Right Makes Might, 40 Days to Courageous Christianity. Before we begin, I must remind you that as a colonel still serving in the Marine Corps Reserve, I have to preface my comments by saying that these are my personal views and they do not necessarily represent the Department of Defense or the Department of the Navy. I should make the additional disclaimer that I've had a lot of coffee this morning. So <laughs> it's Saturday. It's necessary. And it's fantastic. Your right. <laughs> Please, let's pray together, and then we'll have a wonderful show. Heavenly Father, how we glory in the opportunity assigned by you to each of us. What pride is ours to serve you. Help us, O Lord, to do it well. Help us to live up to our promise in every conflict, Father, Help us to glorify your name and to attract the attention of those who do not yet know you. May they see in us your grace, your mercy, and your kindness. And may all we do be pleasing unto you. We pray in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. So in the first week, we discussed devotional days one through seven, which focused on choosing Jesus in all things. Then we discussed devotional days eight through 14, which focused on change. And last week, we reflected on 
the preparation of our hearts for our missions as Christians. Today we dig into days 22 through 28, and these days are about our actions as courageous Christians. Day 22 talks about controlling our behavior. Day 23, about the opportunity that we have to use our talents for God. Day 24 talks about the good that we can do. Day 25 tells the story of the Good Samaritan and the far-reaching effects that our good works may have. Day 26 talks about how our tactical actions can have strategic consequences. Day 27 is about the voice that we have to speak for God. And day 28, as always, is the Sabbath. And in addition to reflecting on the previous week, we talk about the fact that we must be righteous and take action according to God's Word. So, you heard me say that tactical actions have strategic consequences. I say that a lot, and I say it fast, and I always think that people understand it, but then I forget not everybody's a Marine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah what exactly does that mean? Yeah. Uh, it's a very big deal, folks. If you take one thing away from today's show, and I've heard it said that people really remember one thing, it is that your actions, your local actions, driving to the store, the lady in the checkout line that you talked to, helping somebody on the side of the road, giving somebody some money, any of these local small actions have the potential to be huge in their consequences. We, we hear the butterfly effect, that a butterfly flaps its wings in Japan, and we have a hurricane in the United States. It's similar, and I have an amazing example of that. I was shocked when it happened. I was in Afghanistan in the middle of nowhere. Uh, it's probably January or February of 2011. I'm a team leader. We're in a convoy genuinely in the middle of nowhere, southern Helmand province, and we see this village that's flying the Taliban flag. So we surround the village with our vehicles. We coordinate, set up a security perimeter, and I go in to meet with the village elder. And a little while later, we're sitting there cross-legged on the carpet drinking tea, and I ask him, hey, what's up with this uh, flag? And he responds by asking me, what's up with Abu Ghraib prison? So to give you some background, in 2003 at Abu Ghraib prison in Iraq, some U.S. soldiers mistreated some of their Muslim captives. They made them take off their clothes. They posed them in all types of degrading positions. And uh, it ended up in front of the news media and uh, if you remember right, it, it made its way throughout the American effort in Iraq. Well, now, eight years later, 2011, there are no radios, there are no TVs, and in the middle of nowhere, in Afghanistan, a couple thousand miles away, this village elder says to me, what's up with Abu Ghraib prison? The tactical actions of those soldiers in Abu Ghraib prison in their disgraceful behavior, made my life eight years later in Afghanistan less safe and my opportunity to complete my mission less favorable. And so it is with our opportunity as Christians. In the tactical actions of our days, 
they can be good influences or they can be bad influences. So I want to go back to the story and okay. understand it a little bit more because okay. I know you were there. Right. I wasn't. <laughs> right. But so what exactly happened in that moment? So I, I heard you talk about at the beginning that we can do things for the person in the grocery store and the person on the side of the road. Those sounded like positive actions. And in this story, it sounded like maybe it was a, a bad, grossly, it was a negative. Grossly yeah. So negative what, thing. What exactly, what, okay. what implications did that have? Okay, that's a great question. So counterinsurgency is about leading people to a decision. You've described it uh, as setting the example. Yeah. Um, I've described it as inviting people to dinner with God. Either way, you're asking people to make a decision based on what you model for them. Mm. So that village elder has a Taliban flag flying over his compound because in making the decision between the future of Afghanistan as led by the United States in our partnering efforts and dealing with the Taliban, he chose the Taliban. So would they have had an American flag as... No, he would have had no flag. No flag. Now, sometimes these flags meant nothing. So he was making a statement. So, yeah. The the point is, uh, let me me put it this way. Okay. Okay. The story of the Good Samaritan. Mm. You've heard the story of the Good Samaritan. Right. And to me, this is an amazing story. Um, A guy is beaten up by robbers and left for dead on the side of the highway. Right. And uh, a rabbi walks by. And the rabbi crosses to the other side of the road. He doesn't stop to help the guy. And he says, if I stop, what will happen to me? He goes on. Then a religious scholar comes by. He crosses to the other side of the road. He says, if I stop... What will happen to me? Now, here comes a Samaritan. A Samaritan, if you remember right, was a half-breed, mm-hmm. half, uh, I believe it's a Syrian, half-Jewish intermarriage occurred, and they were hated by everybody, mm-hmm. just like the woman at the well who was a Samaritan. Here comes the Samaritan, and he stops. He doesn't cross to the other side of the road. He stops to take care of the man, and he says, if I don't stop, What will happen to him? Mm. And so in so many of our actions as Christians, where we have the choice to cross to the other side of the road or wearing the full armor of God to confront a situation, to provide comfort, to provide learning, to provide love, to stand firm in our faith, we can reflect on the Good Samaritan and his tactical actions Mm -hmm. 2,000 years ago. Yeah. So the good that we can do is influenced or undermined by what people see done in the name of Jesus. So oftentimes you meet somebody who says, I want nothing to do with this Jesus character because I've met some Christians who behaved so badly. Right. And it's heartbreaking. So our tactical actions can have strategic consequences. I get up every morning at five. I'm sitting in my recliner, which is in the breakfast room. I read my Bible. I I pray and I really try to get myself sorted out. And a couple of years ago, uh, my son comes in before school. He was still in high school at the same time. And he's like, hey, Dad, let's watch Cops before school. So we watch Cops. And I talk about this in my devotional. It's day 24. It's one of my favorite uh, days because of the way it came to me. And we're watching this uh, Cops episode. And I was just amazed at how these police officers could deal with these difficult uh, human circumstances, a drunk guy, a, 
an abusive guy. Yeah. And they did it with such humanity and kindness. I was just awed at these uh, men and women of the police force. And so my son goes off to school and I go back to my praying and my quiet time. And I said, Lord, how can you look down on all of this? Uh, the pain, the hurt, the drunkenness, just the, the sheer reality of it all. Right. How can you look down on this and not just feel so amazingly sad? And he said to me in plain English, for everyone, I have a purpose. Okay. And I've often reflected on that because we're fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works and my soul knows it too well. I think that's Psalm 46. So we are made specially, each for different things on this giant battlefield. So you're made to comfort and guide people going through divorce, and that's a place that your heart goes to. Yep. I'm made to, to do this. I'm right. not necessarily a guy who does certain other things well, but, but this is my thing. And so God says, for everyone, I have a purpose. The point of how that relates to tactical actions have strategic consequences is you have to focus on your purpose in God's kingdom and doing that well. Not let the Taliban take it from you. Not let circumstances take it away from you. That's your opportunity. It's what you're meant to do. So even when bad things happen, like the eight years later, you're still suffering those consequences of those bad actions when you're trying to to it's create a big deal. peace. It's right. a big deal. It's a, it's a very big deal. And my heart breaks sometimes when I meet somebody and I'm talking to them about Jesus. And you know me, what comes to me always first and foremost is the love of Jesus for his lost children. And so um, what's amazing to me is the opportunity that we have and how that opportunity is forfeited sometimes with religiosity and the hypocrisy of some religiosity. So in the story of the Good Samaritan, the, the two religious experts two religious professionals cross over to the other side of the road. And it's just a regular dude who says, what will happen to him if I don't stop? And you know, what's interesting that I hear in that, and this might take you off in a different direction, but the first two people were talking about themselves. The good Samaritan turned and was thinking about the person, right? Not themselves. It wasn't, it was that giving nature. And so, I just, well, I'm kind of coming back to, again, I'm still, I love the story that you were telling about being over there, the Taliban, the guys that acted in uh, eight years ago, that was about them and what they did. They weren't thinking about the, you know, how they were going to come across. Yeah. Like, it, it takes a certain level of arrogance. And this is weird when I've said this to people, I've sometimes said it to young officers. I've said it, it takes a certain level of ar arrogance to be a leader. And they always look at me like, what? And I'll say, well, when I walk into a room, I'm a colonel. And so I wear eagles on my collar. And I might just feel like the same little guy I've always been because I look out the same eyes I've always looked out. But I'm wearing those shoes and that uniform with right. that insignia. And so I have the opportunity to step forward. And choose your actions. Choose your actions and fill those shoes. Right. Be what people need you to be. Right. Be intentional. Be intentional. And it doesn't necessarily, I don't, I don't feel that full of myself, but as Christians, we are loved by God and we're chosen 
Right. And we're given understanding from whom much uh, is given, much is expected. And from whom much is entrusted, even more will be asked. It reminds me of um, in high school, my son was getting ready to graduate. And I went into his room and I said, do you have a plan after graduation? And he didn't want to tell me. So later on, I asked and his plan was he wanted to join the Air Force, but he just didn't want to tell me because uh, I'm a Marine. So I went to the Air Force. <laughs> kind of yeah. funny. Well, it's all good. I went to the Air Force recruiter to get some of, you know, the hats and the, the stuff, the swag. Right. And when I went into the door, I'm in my uniform. I'm a colonel. And there are these young kids sitting against the wall. And here they see this old dude coming up and all the recruiters are standing up and standing at attention. And I had this weird experience where it's like I can be this little guy who just walks into the room and asks for a ball cap, an Air Force ball cap, and walks out, or I can fill these shoes. Right. And so you would have thought I was Napoleon. And I talked to each kid, and I, and I walked down the line, and, hey, buddy, what are you doing? And, and what are your plans? And, oh, that's great, and so on and so forth. Did I feel like that guy? No. Well, well I mean, you might have, but I, knowing well, you. <laughs> right. Right. But guess what? That's who they needed me to be. Right. That's who those recruiters needed me to be. That's why God chose me. That's my purpose. And so fill the shoes. So interestingly, I don't hear respect. I hear I hear reverence to God to show up intentionally with our choices for him. And that's that's the strategic action. For everyone, I have a purpose. And now yeah. in the execution of that purpose, whatever it is, However small it is. Right. We've said before, the world wants you to think you have to be the quarterback of the team to right. make a contribution. But the truth of the matter is just the be on the things. field. Be on the field. The li- everything counts. Just I think we've said everything matters. Everything matters. And so in the opportunity that we have as Christians, which on any given day might be little, it might be not getting mad when everybody else in the line at the checkout gets mad. It, it might be not... Uh, cutting in line in traffic, you know, the guy who goes all the way to the end, even though everybody knew you had to merge a while back. People are watching. They see thousands of miles away, years later, Right. you don't know the ripples that your actions have. And so tactical actions have strategic consequences. Who and what you are matter. Doing it with the right heart matters. And that's what you would call righteous action, right? That's it's, the main point. It's the courage to have righteous action. Yeah. And it's the courage to be humble and to be submitted and to know that it's God's rules and not your rules. And to know that sometimes it's about the good that you can do and make the good that you can do more important than maybe I don't feel like right. all of that. Right. It matters. It matters. And that's the truth. And the truth is that just as good actions send ripples throughout the universe, so bad actions do and create far-reaching damage. Uh, this brings us to the moment of truth. And as we know, in every episode, we have a moment of truth, which takes scripture from the Bible and applies it to our current discussion. We do this not only to show the relevance and the perfection and the timeliness of God's word, but also to remind ourselves that in every conversation, his word is first. And his word is last. Yes. And the moment of truth today, it's a, it's a bit of a hard one because it comes from Romans chapter 2, verse 24. The name of God is blasphemed among the Gentiles because of you. This cannot be us. We cannot bring discredit to God. Mm. I know it's hard and I know the world is provo- provocative. Um, 
I had a bad morning a couple mornings ago because I woke up and I glanced at my phone. I, I didn't have my flak jacket on. I didn't have, have my helmet anymore. on. And I saw several things on Facebook, which right. just upset me instantly. And they mostly focused on political depravity and greed and dishonesty. And I'll tell you, that's a hot button for me. Because when people in leadership don't do their jobs, I think about the people that are counting on them and it drives me bananas. And I thought to myself, these people dishonor the things of which they are not worthy. They destroy things they could not build. And all the while, they're killing the hope of the people they represent. Mm. And Leo Tolstoy described it when he said, I sit on a man's back, choking him and making him carry me and yet assure myself and others that I am very sorry for him and wish to ease his lot by all means possible, except by getting off his back. So if I know a Leo Tolstoy quote about this situation, you know it's my thing. But the key takeaway is not that these people are these people, because they're going to be these people. I always say don't be mad at a zebra because it has stripes. It's a zebra. The key takeaway from this story is that if we respond to them with hate and discontentment, they not only steal the future from those they supposedly represent, they also steal it from each of us and those we have been sent to lift up. To give them that would make even less sense than their nonsensical clamoring makes by itself. And the damage that their tactical actions do will be increased or mitigated by us. Not just in our lives, but also in the lives of those less able to sustain that damage. They need people whose attentions they manipulate. They strive for their support from a, a distance, from Facebook, from the news media, and other indirect communications. Well, we need the same people. The difference is that we have immediate access to them. You and I each have face-to-face -face contact with them every day. We must be kind. We must let our actions speak for us. We must walk in faith. And if asked, we must be able to give an account of Jesus in our lives because our testimony is more powerful than their distant manipulations. We can deny them the people they seek when we are courageous in our faith face-to-face -face with the same people. If, on the other hand, our words are loud and destructive, then we lose. We will sound no different than those who seek the fruits of our labor and the truth of our hearts, which is Jesus Christ. They are a painful distraction, and we cannot focus on them lest we forfeit our purpose. And we have work to do. That brings us to the quote of the day. Uh, and I don't know who exactly said this. I couldn't find anything definitive about it, and I always adjust it anyway, so it's no big deal. If you wrestle with pigs, you both get muddy, and they like it. And then I always add that people passing by will see two people covered up in mud, and they will not know who the bad guys are or who the good guys are. We can't allow this. We can't allow God's name to be blasphemed because of us. As Christians, we must present in person, by deed and by word, a distinct, joyful, and peaceful alternative to the world. People need God's truth and the hope that it brings. People need grace. People need positive role models. People need love. The truth of God's grace and love through each of us will change their hearts. They don't need conflict and degradation because life offers plenty of that. They need our help. You can tell what's important to God by what the world attacks. And because we love God, these attacks are painful. And I get it. But we cannot let these people shape us, cause us to act badly, and bring discredit upon Jesus. We belong to God. He means for us to be a holy nation of priests, and he has said, do not give to dogs what is holy. 
This is a battle, each day fought over the good that you can do. Tactical actions have strategic consequences. If the world wants you to be in your head, angry, judgmental, and confused, refuse. Do what God wants. Come from a heart guided by Scripture and the constant vision of your mission, which is to help those who are struggling. We must prepare ourselves in the humility of His grace for this anticipated conflict. To wrap up, grace is defined as an undeserved gift. Our salvation, our faith in Jesus, and our ability to shine God's loving light into the darkness is not of our own making. It is by God's grace given to us while we were yet sinners. In the noise of this world, we cannot forget that it is given to us so that we can give it away each and every day. When we encounter something troubling or challenging, we must remember and say out loud, Thank you, Jesus. There but for the grace of God go I. Friends, our faith is about righteous action. We cannot obtain something holy in an unholy way. We cannot react to the world. All we do must be washed in the Word of God. The basis of all we do must be love, and that is courageous Christianity. Should you want to reach me, I can be contacted at courageouschristianity at gmail.com. Thank you for joining Christy and me today. We are honored to walk with you in Christ. God bless and semper fi. Thank you.